We're going to be looking at a couple of essential things that really would have helped these ladies in their journey, in their amazing journey that they were on. We've been looking at uh, the, the different key aspects of wisdom that God wants us to, to live out as we walk through life. We've been trying to figure out how to get on the path of wisdom and how to stay on it. Whenever you go on a journey, you have to prepare for the journey, or well, I guess you don't have to, but if you want it to go well, it's always wise to prepare for it. Wisdom is a really good thing. It's, it, it helps you choose the best way, the best path to get where you're going, to experience the right kind of success. When you need wisdom, there are two things that will get you ready to receive it. Humility and what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord means that you take God seriously to the point where you realize he's watching, he's involved, and you live life in a way that recognizes his rightful place in your life. So you live life realizing that he's responding to your choices and you live that way. To get wisdom, you have to choose these two attitudes over and over and over again. When you hit snags in relationships, you deal with conflict. When you're working on projects, you're trying to figure out the best choice to make, the best thing to do. Um, when you're making a decision, whatever it is, working through some trouble. You, you, you need to choose these over and over again in order to get the wisdom that God wants to give. When you're starting out to find wisdom, these two things are essential. You must, you must have these or you aren't going to go anywhere. Trying to get wisdom without having these two essential things it would be sort of like trying to get into a baseball stadium, a major league baseball park without a ticket. I mean, you can tell them, I bought the tickets. You could tell the person taking the tickets, you know, I bought them. They're at home. I left them there. No, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get in. And that's really the picture in the scripture that you have of wisdom. There's a realm of folly. We looked at that a few weeks ago as we dug into folly at work, how that works its way out into our lives at times. And then there's a realm of wisdom. To get into the realm of wisdom where you begin to see things from the right perspective, you're able to look at the, the right priorities, and as you deal with things, you're able to really deal with what matters and sort of sort out the things that aren't as important. To get into the realm of wisdom, you need humility and the fear of the Lord. Otherwise, you're, you're hanging out in the realm of folly. It's easy to, to, to deal with life in a way that blows some things way out of proportion so that you, you really don't focus on what, what you should. Whenever I think about that, I, I think about an experience. I, when I was in graduate school, I worked my way through graduate school as a custodian. I, actually, I, I say I owned a janitorial service, which means I cleaned toilets. And I had people that I, I worked for and cleaned their toilets and stuff. Uh, one of those guys was a doctor. And so I cleaned, cleaned a doctor's office. And uh, I remember being in a batting cage. I have no idea why my friend, my friend Thad King and I, he was here for a while in the church and he started a church in Huntington Beach. 
But we were at this batting cage, and we were going to take a few swings. And the doctor that I cleaned his office for, he showed up. And so I step into the cage, and I'm hearing Thad in the back, you know, behind me, tell tell him how great I am as a baseball player. And this guy was great, you know, and he was really awesome. And he went here and did this, went there and did that. And so I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to show this doctor I can do more than clean toilets. <laughs> and so my head is just, you know, and I'm up there, and I whiffed 22 out of 25 times. I, I, and the reason was is because I was in the realm of folly. <laughs> I was focused on showing him and impressing him with my athletic prowess. I was really focused more on proving my manhood than on the baseball that was coming at me. Okay, that's a problem. And that, that's what happens if you try to approach life. The situations come at us. The flow of life comes toward us. And we make decisions. We choose. You have to be focusing on the right things. These two essential things help you do that. The first one is something that sets the stage for us. It's called humility, or it is humility. In Proverbs 11:2, it says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Humility is a characteristic of the wise. It's a prerequisite for getting wisdom. And it's, it's something that flows out of a person who is growing in wisdom. It's a crucial quality for doing life well. A humble person, as they deal with the circumstances and situations in their life, they know their place. That's what it means to be humble. You know your place and you take your place in the family, at work, in a meeting, on a school project, whatever it is. You know your place and you take your place in that situation. Humility means, first of all, I know my place before God. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. We are completely dependent on God. And a humble person recognizes that and doesn't make demands. Humility knows that we need him for our next breath. We, we need God. If you choose entitlement, you're going to end up in frustration, which entitlement runs in our hearts. <laughs> it, it can dominate our hearts. It, can do, it, it, it makes sense in our society. But if you choose entitlement, you're going to end up in frustration. Humility accepts what is from the hand of God and sets its heart to serve him. So I know my place before God. Secondly, I consider others. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. We're all on level ground as people. God plays no favorites. Everybody on the face of the earth is of equal worth to him. But a person who's humble chooses to put others above them. They show deference. In other words, they... They yield the right of way to them. So a humble boss, what a humble boss does is they recognize their place. They know they have authority over people, but they don't use their authority to pound them or they don't use the people under them as pieces in a game that help them get ahead. 
they're not using them as as chess pieces, but they're they're trying to bless the people under them with the authority God's given them, and they're showing respect to them as they lead. So there's a very different approach that a humble boss takes than a proud boss or or a boss without humility. An employee who's humble has nothing to prove, not always trying to fight for recognition or to impress the people around them, but they're faithful to the goals of the company and they show respect to the boss. Humility is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, it keeps you in perspective. Proverbs 26.12 says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Those wise in their own eyes have a distorted perspective on life, like looking into a carnival mirror. You ever been to one of those mirrors that's waved like that and you're, you're distorted? We really need mirrors. We, we need those. And if you're wise in your own eyes, the situation you're dealing with, and you yourself in the midst of that situation are blown out of proportion and it's distorted. Pride blows our own importance and our own abilities out of proportion and it skews our judgment in handling things. We, we underestimate the effort that's needed to succeed in a situation. We underestimate our abilities to, to accomplish things. Also, we don't listen to people around us. We really need to hear what people are saying about our own lives and, and our own plans, our own endeavors, whatever it is. More than once in church life, I've laid out grand plans to accomplish something. Worked a, worked a long time, worked hard, long prayed, thought it through, jot down, okay, step one is this, step two is this, step three is this. And then... As I brought my plans to a colleague or to maybe the advisory team here or others in the church, as I laid out my plans, I see a big hole. Several times I've laid out my plans to a friend who's also in the ministry, and I've already announced these to the church. And as I lay out my plans, he points out a big hole or they point out a big hole in my plans. I have a choice at that point. Do I go back and humble myself before the church and say, you know, those were pretty good ideas, <laughs> but I think we're going to do something different? I think I've, I've just, I just recognized something. Somebody helped me see that this, is, this would be a better path. Or do I charge ahead being wise in my own eyes, doing what I think is the best? That's, that's why humility is crucial if you want to start out on the path of wisdom. And if you want to stay on the path, it's crucial to continually choose humility. It's the same in parenting. You're moving along. You've got your, your patterns established. Life's pretty comfortable. Things go along. And something begins to happen. And the, your, your child needs some real help. You've got to adjust. Are you just going to keep doing things the way you always have? Maybe somebody points out something. You go to a seminar and you learn, wow, I've been doing... I've been focused on the wrong things. Are you going to adjust or are you going to stay focused on your, your own ideas, your, your own wisdom, or are you going to adjust? It, it's the same across the board in life. We have these choices or these situations that come up, and we have the choice to choose humility or not. And it makes a big difference as to whether or not we gain wisdom through the years, something that we choose over and over and over again. Humility is also important because God guides the humble. 
Proverbs 25, 8, 8 and 9 say, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. God will not lead you unless you want to follow. This is the way he is. Um, he will not rope you, tie you down, put a bridle in your mouth, and then force you to go the way he wants you to go. That's not the way God works. He waits for you to choose to follow him and humble yourself before him. Say, God, life is just not working out the way I, I thought it would. I, I've been wrong. I've been going my own way, and I'm going to turn around and go your way. I'm going to live life the way you want. I'm humbling myself before you. I'm recognizing my dependence on you, and I need your help. When you humble yourself before God, he guides you. If you're proud, he lets you go your own way. He is not going to force you to do life his way. He's built that in. What we want is we want, we want to do life our way, but we want the blessing that comes from doing life God's way. It's not the way it works. The blessing comes as you choose to do life his way. So that's the first essential is humility. The second essential to getting wisdom and the key to breaking through into the realm of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Here's the picture I see. You're in a jungle brush and you can't see because you're enveloped, enveloped by the, the brush. You cannot see and you're fighting your way through the, the jungle, and then you break into a clearing, and then you begin to get some perspective. That's the idea with this fear of the Lord. It's the beginning. Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's, it's the breakthrough point. That's what that Hebrew word means. The scripture was written in Hebrew. And it's, it's the point at which you break into the clearing and you begin to get perspective. You've just entered into the realm of wisdom. That's something that we need to choose over and over and over again. Fear of the Lord means that I take God seriously and respect him. First Peter 1.17 says, Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Basically, if you take God seriously, you're not trying to sneak one past him. You realize he's watching, he's involved, you're paying attention to the fact that he's, he's, he's watching. He's close at hand, watching what's going on. First Peter 2.17 says, Show proper respect to everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. When you respect someone a great deal, you want to please them. I coached Little League for a while, and I, you, you watch the, the Little Leaguers play, and they do something good. They look in the stands, see if their parents are watching. They do something bad. They look in the stands, see if the parents are, how they're going to react. You know, if the dad's going, oh, what are you doing? You know, that really hurts. It really does. But they're, they're wanting to please their parents because they, they love and respect them. And that's what it means to fear God. As you live your life, you're, I wonder what God thinks about this. I hope he's happy, and I want to choose what makes him what makes him happy. 
fear God means also that I build my life on his word. Jesus basically told a story in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. You can read it later. But told a story about a wise man building his house on a strong foundation of his words. Builds his life on his word and how that weathers the storm as he lives his life. And a foolish man builds their life on a weaker foundation. It's wise to build your life on God's word. That's what it means to fear God. He's laid out for us what pleases him. And so we live our life in line with the scriptures, wanting to please the living God. We stay in the boundaries that he's provided because it's on that path that we're going to experience the kind of life that pleases him and brings his blessing into our hearts and lives as well. Now, the fear of the Lord is good, first of all, because it brings protection. Proverbs 14, 26 and 27 says, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. If you just obey God, you avoid much trouble. Going off the path is a dangerous thing, but we keep hitting situations where we, we're at a fork in the road. We, a, a circumstance comes up, problem in a relationship or some kind of goal that we're trying to accomplish. There's a fork in the road. This is God's way, and we know what's right. And then there's this way. It looks like a shortcut because the goal is out there. This way looks like a shortcut. Fearing God means you stay on the path and you avoid a lot of trouble on the other path. Now, you never will see. If you choose to follow God, you won't see what's on the other path. But you've avoid, avoided much trouble by staying on God's way. Fear of God also brings peace, the scripture says. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life so that no one may, so that, so that one may sleep satisfied untouched by evil. If you focus on God pleasing Him, you're living for your purpose. You have enough. Doing your purpose in life is enough. Focus on me, it's like a black hole. You're never satisfied. I've been watching a, a show on the Discovery Channel called Man vs. Wild. I don't know if you've seen it. Fascinating show. They take this British Navy SEAL guy and they drop him into different areas of the world. I've seen him on the African savanna, uh, Mount Kilauea, Hawaii, and Sierras. What they do is they drop him into the, the wild, and he has to try to make his way to civilization. He has a cameraman following him, but he can't talk to the cameraman. The cameraman can't help him at all. And he usually takes a, a, a couple of essential things. Last night we watched him being dropped into Mount Kilauea, Hawaii, and he had a flint, a knife, and a water bottle. And it was fascinating watching this guy try to get down this volcano, this active volcano. He was showing you, just in case you ever need it, how, <laughs> how to cross a, a field of volcanic activity. Like, you could see the cracks, you could see the molten lava in between the cracks. And he would, he said, now, if you put your, you, what you want to do is you want to be careful and you, you take a step and if your boot melts, you know you've got to go another way. <laughs> At that point I thought, I don't really need to know that. Nobody is dropping me on an active volcano. 
But it's interesting. He always takes a couple of essential things. He doesn't start the journey empty-handed as a knife and a flint and a water bottle. He also has an understanding of the terrain that I don't have. You drop me in there, I'm a dead man. I'm probably being incinerated by the 2,000-degree molten lava that's underneath there because I've stepped on the wrong place. But he has an understanding of how to handle the situation. He has some essentials. Life happens like that. Things go on in our life. They come along and you're wondering, wow, what, how, what's the best response to my husband and wife right now? We seem to be growing apart. How do I deal with that? The thing that will put you in the place where you can get wisdom, the two essentials are humility and fear of the Lord. If you keep choosing those over and over again, God will guide you. It goes across the board in parenting and if you're trying to build a business, if you're, if you're trying to make progress in any way, humility and fear of the Lord are essential for doing that. What are you dealing with right now? Where do you need wisdom? Humble yourself before God. Ask him to show you his boundaries. If you don't know him, ask somebody who does. Fear him. Discover the boundaries and live inside of them, and you'll watch God's blessing over time. In the here and now and on through eternity. That's real wisdom. Enduring happiness. It goes on and on and on. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word and for the way that you speak to us through it. And God, you love us with an unfailing love. And you are so patient with us as we deal with life. And my prayer, God, is that you would you would give us the desire to humble ourselves before you and that you would guide us as we, as we do humble ourselves. Show us your way and help us to stay on.